0: Welcome to the PacMan Podcast. Here you will find Dr. Cindy Elliser and Kat McKeever, researchers at Pacific Mammal Research, talking all about marine mammals. We will have a variety of ways to share information with you through discussing research articles and news stories, interviews with other researchers, and more. Join us to learn more about marine mammals and have some fun. <laughs> Welcome to the Pac-Man podcast. I'm Cindy. And I'm Kat. And today we are going to be uh looking at a really cool study that just came out very recently called Food Sharing in Rough Tooth Dolphins off Southwestern Mexico. And this was uh accepted, let's see, uh just this summer basically is when it came out. Yep. it's yep. on July 14th. Yep. Yeah. So this is by uh, Ramos and a bunch of other people, <laughs> very <laughs> cool people. Um, so this is really uh, a cool one that, so again, another one like we had before where it's just, it's a note, basically. So they're doing these observations that they found and they saw um, and getting it out into the literature. So Ooh. we thought it'd be a fun one to talk about.
1: Yeah, it's very cool. It's, it's If you actually, I think this one is open access, isn't it?
0: Uh, yeah, I was able to just download it. So yeah, okay. you can just... Uh, It's a, oh, actually, no, I, no, I, um, it's on marine mammal science, so I don't think it's open access. I actually emailed them for the PDF, so um, you can Um, see the abstract online.
1: Okay, cool. And then, yeah, you can also email the authors if you are interested in reading this paper on your own uh,
0: in detail. Yes. Cool. So yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. So like I said, it's off of Southwest Pacific coast of Mexico and they, so we're talking about food sharing and you may be like, well, what's so big deal about that? Like where right, do they share food? Food
1: sharing for people. Yeah. How about that?
0: Yeah. So food sharing is just, is uh, defined as the resource owner allowing a conspecific. So a conspecific means another individual of the same species. So basically you're allowing a friend assuming they're friends with you, uh, maybe, maybe not friend, somebody is the same species, um, allowing them to consume part of the food item that was, was yours, um, even if you could defend the resource. So you could say like, no, I don't want you to eat this. So it's not like right. the other one was taking the food from this animal. They could have defended it. They didn't. They let the other one eat it. Right.
1: Yeah, which is an important distinction to make, because I think that's where a lot of people kind of may get confused between, well, what's food sharing? And what's just, you know, one took food from another one? Like, what does that mean? And right. so yeah, nice way to kind of break it down.
0: Yeah, so it's either you're actively like, here, I'm giving you this food, or potentially just like, all right, you can have a bite of it. I'm not going to stop you. Still sharing.
1: Right. right. And right. I'm sure we have those friends, you know, who like, take your fry and you're kind of okay with it but equally you're like well that was my fry but I guess
0: uh-huh. you can fine you know or if you have kids they just take your food and be like that's yeah. mine yeah there you go <laughs> we all have that a little bit but the other interesting thing of why this is so interesting for this species um and these were rough-toothed dolphins um, is that in cetaceans, this isn't really, we don't really see it that often. So, they see it, you see it in insects and in birds. Um, interestingly, vampire bats, they had listed I on there. that was so cool. It was like, how do they I share vampire it. bat food? I have to go read those papers now. I'm just like, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> and then, of course, primates. So, that's one of that you're more likely to you know think about, like, oh, yeah, you, you get berries down and everybody shares and that's part of the thing. Right. But, it's relatively rare in cetaceans um and one thing that's important to know is that it it may not necessarily be rare it's just very hard to see it
1: yes absolutely
0: so just like when we talked about our harbor porpoise paper where there, we saw them capturing the large fish but we did not see them eat it because they often will dive down and then you don't see the actual consumption of the of the prey so they could be sharing it i don't know um <laughs> We just don't see it.
1: Yeah and they discussed that a little bit more at the end of the paper which we'll kind of circle back around to that because they did kind of bring up some interesting points around that at the end of the paper as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So overall though it's it, you don't see it that often so there's been anecdotal evidence in killer whales and we'll talk about that like the the southern resident killer whales here in the Salish Sea that's something that they do a fair amount of, um, they will take these large salmon and rip them up and, 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 um, share them with their, uh, pod, which is all related individuals because it's a matriline. Um, and if you want to listen to orcas, we just did a marine mammal highlight episode on orcas and we actually talk about this a little bit. And the fact that like the sons of the, you know, the, the matriarchs, um, because of this prey handling and, and, and prey sharing, they actually do very badly for the, uh, if the mother dies, because they're so used to getting that sharing from the the family, so it's we'll we'll talk this about this a little bit about their social structure. It, it could could have a lot of implications for survivability of individuals and things like that. But um, so killer whales, we've seen it. False killer whales, uh, and they had a couple references there. And what's actually really interesting is that I've actually seen this in false killer whales.
1: Oh, really?
0: Yeah, and it's actually in a paper that I published. But it's one of those where it's in a larger, like the paper is about all the animals we saw in the Gulf stream off of Florida. And, and this was one thing that we saw, but it wasn't like in the abstract or in the title. So you wouldn't necessarily find that when you're searching for this behavior. Interesting. Okay. I didn't realize that. That's cool. Yeah, so we actually saw that we had a a pot of false killer whales and they came up with these really large um, fish and um, all bloated because they're like deep deep sea fish and they came up and they would take chunks out of it and eventually only the gills would be left floating along in the water.
1: Wow, that's so cool.
0: So that was really cool.
1: That is kind of a theme too is it does seem that this happens, it makes a lot of sense, it does seem that this happens with larger fish species in general, in cetaceans. Um, That's kind of that is part of, they're not taking like a little herring and, you know, passing the herring to their calf. You know, this is a large fish that's being, you know, shared amongst individuals.
0: Yeah. And we'll talk about that at the end too, about kind of why they're what prey they're choosing. Um, And then they also have seen it in guana dolphins and bottlenose dolphins. But other than that, it's, you know, and again, it's been mainly anecdotal like, okay, yeah, we see this every once in a while, but how much of it is a part of their, normal prey um eating behavior is a little bit more unknown Mm
1: -hmm. right yep for sure um so I just want to talk a little bit briefly about the rough-toothed dolphins themselves because like Mm -hmm. they're ones but I don't really know anything about them you know (laughs) yeah um so they are an oceanic species um typically associated with islands which is kind of neat um they are one of the smaller dolphin species I believe like they're not um, kind of a similar size to like a common dolphin, I think. Like they're a little bit smaller than a Yeah, they're not as
0: robust as like bottlenose dolphins and stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're found uh, all around the world in mostly tropical and warm temperate waters. Mm-hmm. And again, like, so we're going to obviously talk about prey sharing. So they do eat a wide variety of fish too. So it's likely that they're not doing this with everything that they're eating. Right. Um, but a lot of their fish, uh, a lot of the fish that they do eat, interestingly, are it was noted like they are large and higher up in the food chain. So mahi-mahi was one of their um, very favorite fish, apparently.
0: Which I thought was so cool because if you haven't had mahi-mahi, go out and get some mahi-mahi because it's really delicious white fish. It's one of the few fish that I like to eat. Um, But I haven't really heard of dolphins eating them. So that that was really cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So then they also noted that they'll eat like silverside and squid as well. But um, Mm -hmm. apparently mahi-mahi are one of their favorite ones to eat. Um, and they do, again, talking about the sociality, they do have
0: uh, very long-lasting social bonds within their communities. Um, and, and yeah, so- and I wanted to note on that too, that one, that one I'm, as a social structure person, that one really excited me because I was like, oh, right, I don't really know that much about rough-tooth um, social structure. And they basically related it that it was a more stable grouping than other small delphinids, which dolphins, which are more, most of them are fission-fusion, so they have groups that constantly kind of change you know, over over within the day or between days and things like that. But to have long lasting associations, it's almost similar to the killer whales where you have these long, like lifelong situations. So maybe this food sharing is something that might be related to animals that have those longer lasting bonds, where you have that, that, um, give and take of like, here, I gave you some food yesterday. You can give me some food and you're more likely to do it.
1: Yeah. And that was where my mind went to with that kind of hearing that part. I'm like, oh, that actually does make a lot of sense. Cause like you Mm -hmm. said, then you know that you're probably going to get a little bit of that back, but equally you perhaps are more invested in.
0: You You like the other dolphin.
1: Right. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Protecting that animal, making sure that animal's well fed. You've chosen to spend, you know, the majority of your life with them that you're now, it's, you know, it's like being married to someone you're now invested in that person as well and their well being So that was interesting just to note that. Um, And like you said, just the other species that, they've observed this in probably with the exception of the bottlenose dolphins um, are mostly longer, more stable um, relationships. So that was really cool. So that's rough toothed dolphins real quick.
0: Yeah, just a, um, just a brief comment And we don't know as much about them because they're not as well studied as other dolphin species, right? So there's a couple of groups I know around that that study rough toothed um, dolphins and they can be uh, identified by the pigmentation patterns um, on their on their flanks and on their body and and scars and things like that so it is one that they can follow these photo id um and know these individuals um and they do know the four individuals or the at least in the 2020 um example that they have uh they were actually able to id each of the animals which is really cool again going back to what are these relationships with these four animals like were they are they together all the time are they not like why are they sharing versus other ones yeah to be able to look at
1: yeah absolutely and what i thought was really cool too just speaking of you know not knowing as much about rough-toothed dolphins i think it's really awesome that this was actually this observation was made by a community-based research organization which Mm -hmm. i think is and they go out every year and survey um so just a shameless little plug for the smaller (laughs) organizations who are trying to do really cool work um but yeah i just thought that that they're actually like you know, out there doing this, and it's just a, you know, it's a community organization who just people are really passionate about it.
0: Right, and trying to learn about these animals. Yeah. It's really cool. So they, um, they had two observations, and previous to this, there had only been, I think, like one published account that had two observations in that published account, and then another one that was, uh, indicated it might be sharing but it wasn't for sure so this is really uh, another you know indication that this is more happens more often than maybe we know you know know about for these these species so this one they did in 2016 they were on a boat that they observed it and then in 2020 which is really cool is they used a drone and they actually have the video and I actually have the video I could download it because yeah I'll send it to you um Because they have, um, and some some papers, they don't, don't put everything into the paper, like tables or videos or things like that. They put it in supplemental files. And so then if you're interested in looking at that, you can go and download it from wherever you got the paper. Um, so because I was, I am in Marine Mammal Science, I have a subscription to that. Um, I was able to download the supplemental file. So could actually watch it in action, which is really cool. That's yeah. so cool. So, um. In, so in 2016, so both of the, both the times they would look like they're going after these big like creval jacks, which are, are like mahi-mahi and Mahi that they're larger, fast swimming, powerful little fish, big fish. <laughs> little fish, big fish. Big fish. Um, and what's, what's common to both of them. So the first one in 2016 was eight dolphins and they saw at least five that were tearing flesh off and then dropping for another one to pick it up. Yes. So they would actually like grab it and then shake it back and forth to rip off flesh. Then they would kind of go, you know, chew with their kind of up and down motion, chew it, um, and then drop it for another one. What's interesting, when I read that, I was like, that's just like sargassum tag with the dolphins that I was studying in the Bahamas. So they will play tag basically and pick up a piece of sargassum that they're not going to eat usually. (laughs) <laughs> occasionally someone decides that that's a fun thing to do but they grab the sargassum and then they swim around with it and then they drop it and then another dolphin comes pick it picks it up and that's the rules of the game you're not allowed to take it from the other dolphin you have right. to be drop. so it was very similar like they they take the fish and then he, they would swim over and then drop it in front of another animal and then that per- one would either pick it up or not um so i thought that was an interesting
1: yeah kind of a similar behavioral procedure there right oh, yeah having these longer term social structures, you know, it's very possible that that is actually part of their social rule set. You know, like you don't take it from the other individual, the under, you know, they bring it to you and that's your sign that you can now have a bite and
0: right. Because that's my fish I caught. Right. But now I'm letting you have yeah. a have a piece of it. Yeah. So yeah. that might yeah, you're right. That might be like their their etiquette. Right. Because that's what right. we talk about yeah. with the with those dolphins. It's the the etiquette of the game, right? The rules. Yeah. And and that is something to be said with these socials uh creatures and marine mammals um is that there are rules just like our society does there's rules to what you know what you can what you can't do what you should what you shouldn't do um and so if you you know if an animal maybe decides oh i'm just going to take that fish well are they going to get offered fish later right could those could your actions have long-term consequences if you have these long-term bonds
1: sure yep
0: puts a whole other layer of it on there (laughs) yeah they're that's
1: the relatively new conception that you know other animals aside from humans have this sort of cultural mm-hmm. um history there you know within their within their social structures so it's very right. cool um so yeah like you said in the first one then they, so they had those five that were involved in the in the prey sharing specifically and like you know i think they said that it lasted for about 15 minutes the prey sharing went on for about 15 minutes before they mm-hmm. disappeared from the
0: entirely yeah, so again spl- i might slam off with it
1: Right. So they, you know, might've gone on longer, but that was as long as they were able to observe from the boat.
0: Right. So the, then, the 2020 version, the 2020 section one was with the drone and this, I love their names, right? So, so some so oh, cool. do names of like, you name your animals and other ones do numbers. I'm glad. I love that they did real names. It's pickles and blue and Moby and Fuji. I, I really
1: want you. to report porpoise pickles now. I'm just, I know.
0: Right. <laughs> And pickles was a little funny one in this one too pickles is a little yeah. crazy um so they had those four they're four adults and um again same motions of jerking the head drip and then chewing it but what's really interesting is that two of them ate the fish and the right. others two did not so right. we have um and they have this really cool i love the uh the figure that they had in here showing of when they did each behavior yeah, so we have, Yeah, we have uh, Moby and Fuji eating, and mainly Moby. He's the one who ate the Mm -hmm. most, so maybe it was maybe it was his fish that he caught. Perhaps I think it was his. Yeah, Um, and he shared it with Fuji. He did try to share it with the other animals as well, but they at one point just didn't pick it up. I think it was Pickles because Pickles had other things on his mind. Yeah, there were other
1: social interactions that were happening during this event, so Mm -hmm, you know, all distracted.
0: Yeah. So Pickles basically as a male. He went over and uh, wanted to have some social sexual behaviors that were going on with uh, with Pickles and the other animals. So, again, going back to the associations and those interactions, right, you have this prey sharing by two individuals, um, but the other ones weren't weren't didn't need to eat right then. But those bonds that they have are being supported by the food sharing it's being supported by that the those interactions that they're having you know socially um so i thought it was interesting that there was that mix of it and they did say that at the end like you know we really need to understand more how this relates to their social structure and what's going on and how how is that involved like is it do they always do that book, you know they share food and do this or is it was it just kind of a random one right right yeah yeah, yeah so it says Pickles and Blue swam within five meters of Moby and Fuji throughout, throughout the food sharing and interacted with them, but did not feed or handle the, the prey. And Moby, um, but Pickles and Blue did not feed or handle the prey. Right. And they were just, let's see, Blue basically was just like, I'm swimming.
1: Yeah. But <laughs> they, so- what was interesting is that they all remained very close to one another. So they stayed right. in like a, they stayed in a group, even though they weren't all engaged within the same behavior, they stayed in a cohesive group the entire time, which I also thought was very interesting.
0: Yeah, because like I said, Moby and Fuji makes sense. They were together, they were doing their thing. Their activity budget looks fairly similar. Um, and then you have blue and pickles where the most of the time they were directional swimming, except for when pickles went off and, and uh had some fun. But the but blue basically he was just he was only he was only directional swimming, he or she, I don't know actually if it was a boy or girl. Um, and they was out of sight only for a tiny little bit. So he's just like, I'm just I'm just I'm just here guys. <laughs> right but still hanging out with this group so you know a lot of times we de- describe a group as the individuals in sight that are doing the same beha- behavior mo- mostly right? right but in this case they're they're definitely a group they were you know they were together very close proximity but not really necessarily doing the same behavior. So how does that factor into their social structure and what they're doing and how like, well, you know what, I'm going to hang out with you guys no matter what, because you're my friends. I just don't feel like doing either one of those things.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that I thought was just really interesting that little nuance of it, you know,
0: Hmm.
1: I did just want to read one part from the paper itself, just verbatim because it mm-hmm. was actually just a nice account of the actual prey sharing itself. Mm-hmm. So they, Moby began feeding on the fish, jerking its head several times to rip pieces of flesh off of it, and opening and closing its mouth while eating. Immediately before releasing the fish, Moby turned on its right side, changed its swim direction, and turned its body more than 90 degrees to meet the approaching Fuji. As they swam past each other in a perpendicular orientation, Fuji picked up the fish in its mouth, jerked its head, and turned its body more than 90 degrees while swimming on its right side, ripping a piece of flesh off the fish and releasing the fish near pickles and blue as they swam past. So I just thought that gave like a really nice example of it's this very stereotype behavior, you know, where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, what we do? And then we, then we swim over and we drop it in front of the next guys and then they pick it up and they do the same thing, you know? And obviously, as you said, pickles and blue were not interested in this particular <laughs> time. And I just thought it was really cool that they actually were able to witness that just very specific behavioral progression, you know, of the prey sharing and- itself.
0: And that's what you can get with that drone footage, because yeah. you're, not, you, you're straight down and they're right at the surface. So you can see every interaction versus when you're on a boat, you're going to miss some of it because you're at an angle um, and how far close you can get to the animals and things like that. So that is one of the great things that we can get from this drone, type of drone footage is every single thing that happens with that's at the surface there. Yeah, that was super cool. And I think, too, they did notice that the, that the fish was headless when they Mm -hmm. started the observation so it's possible that the behavior that they were witnessing had preceded their observation for a longer period of time so you know they obviously had gotten rid of the head in the first place (laughs) right so um which they can do obviously with their teeth and uh ability to rip flesh off unlike our harbor porpoises that we talked about uh in the harbor porpoise episode of um the large prey handling right their teeth are so small they really there's no way they can do that but these guys uh can so yeah interesting yeah um so and my kind of last thing um about it was kind of going back to what you were talking about circling back before um the fact that that is large prey that are fast moving and so when they're looking or trying to get this prey as opposed to the small prey that they are also known to catch um that they may need to coordinate and share more because it just it's a little bit harder to catch these larger fast moving fish species yeah so maybe
1: almost like a like a lion like a lion pride or like a pack of wolves or something where again like you need to have multiple individuals to take down that large fast moving prey right that prey sharing that's involved because everyone had a had a
0: piece, a in piece catching of catching pie. pie, right yeah Yeah. So it's that, that, that counterbalance of, you know, how much goes into it? Does everybody get a piece of it? Cause nobody's going to help you catch this large fish. If then you only get to eat the fish. Right. I mean, unless of course that was the rule and that you help you catch a fish and then you help them and they eat the fish, you know, there's that, but it seems a bit more, you're more likely to get help even from a human perspective. If each time somebody helps you, they get something out of it. Right. That yeah. they are then like, okay, I got a little bit. So the next time I'll be willing to help you again versus being like, well, am I going to get something? I don't know. I have to trust you that you're going to do that for me. Right. So, right.
1: And it's interesting too, because the rough tooth dolphins specifically are known to kind of seem seemingly to target large prey more frequently than other smaller prey items. You know, maybe mm-hmm. that you know, as they mentioned at the end of the paper, it's very possible that this is something that they actually do, a lot more regularly than we can observe you know if they are regularly catching these large prey items it would make sense you know that they're actually this is a fairly well established pattern of behavior that they, they they'll do on a fairly regular basis
0: yeah and the fact that they are oceanic more in nature so they're, they're going to be around these larger prey that they can catch versus these smaller ones that um are maybe more coastal in nature or um, more patchy at least even in, in the in the right. prey in the open ocean environment Um, So I'm going to read something right at the because I like this kind of ending for it. Um, Our observations and previous reports of rough tooth dolphins foraging also indicate these dolphins regularly target smaller prey fish and cooperatively hunt to herd fish schools and to feed on numerous fish at the same time for individual consumption. So they're already known to cooperatively hunt together. So it's not much of a leap then to know to see that they also share the food, right? Because if you're already cooperating, you're already putting some level of energy into helping each other. Thus, food sharing in this species may have evolved as a tactic to improve food intake when targeting large and unpredictable prey like these large big ones um, and as a means to reinforce the social relationships between individuals, which is what we were talking about, right you I give you I get I let you have some that shows that I'm your friend and therefore you'll then reciprocate kind of thing right mm-hmm. Friendship can't be a one-way street <laughs> <laughs> for anybody species <laughs> that is the case right. So I just thought this was a really cool one because we don't hear about food sharing that often. And you know what, particularly in smaller species. So the, for some reason in my head, it seems like, oh yeah, killer whales. I mean, maybe just because we know the residents and they always do that. Um, but I guess I think with larger larger cetaceans, you're also getting larger prey that right. than you could share. Cause you can't actually swallow that whole thing whole anyway. Yeah. But most dolphin species are are generally eating smaller things, not these, you know, quite big fish. And you don't think about them chewing and ripping off food. That's not usually right. you know the teeth are for grasping and that kind of thing. So to see it, um, and actually get to see it in the video, uh, for these small dolphins doing it is a really, really, really interesting thing.
1: Yeah. No, it was really it was really cool. And again, like the paper, if you do want to reach out to the authors, um, to access the paper it's it's super readable but the fun thing is is they actually give like from their notes exactly what they saw yeah play by play and which was really like fun to read and just you know it's again it's kind of like reading a first-hand account of something you're like oh I'm there I'm seeing it you know so that okay. was really cool that they included that verbatim I thought that was a really nice touch too in the paper
0: yeah, I did like that. And the, yeah, it really made you feel like you were there and you could, you could visualize, right? It was well written in the fact that you could visualize what's going on, even if you weren't there yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So cool. yeah, super cool.
0: Yeah. So this one, again, just at the end here is food sharing and rough toothed dolphins off southwestern Mexico in marine mammal silence. science. Silence. <laughs> marine mammal science journal thank you very much uh, and it is a note and the uh, Eric A. Ramos is the lead author on that one um, so anyway that's that paper yeah that'd be fun um, and that concludes it for this week and we will find something else to talk about next week uh, and remember if you have a topic that you want us to talk about and it doesn't even have to be marine mammal related as long as it's kind of mm-hmm. ocean related <laughs> we're happy to talk about it Um, so you can email us or leave a note in the comments or tell us on, tag us on social media and say, Hey, what about this? Yep. And also
1: if you are a regular listener to the podcast, or if you just have listened for the first time and really loved it, please, we would love if you would leave us a review on iTunes. Um, that helps even if you don't listen on iTunes, I think you have to leave the review there. So that does help the podcast um, get out there a little bit more more visible to other people to see it and listen to all these cool stuff, all these cool things that we're talking about. Yeah. So love awesome. for you guys to leave some reviews for us and then also that gives us some ideas of what you really want to hear and what we can talk about in future so we're uh, actually being interesting for you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all think, we think that all the stuff that we're talking about is interesting, but you know, not everybody feels the same way about all topics. So. We need some feedback, guys. <laughs> all right. Tell us something cool to do. Yeah. So, all right. Well, with that, we will see you next time or hear you. You'll hear us next time. (laughs) We'll be talking. Yeah, we'll be talking to you. All right. Bye. Bye. This was brought to you by Pacific Mammal Research, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Check out our website, www.pacmam.org. That's P-A-C-M-A-M. To learn more about us, our research, and the educational opportunities that we provide. Also, help us continue providing fun and educational content like this by donating today. Your help is how we can continue to do our work and share it with you. Thanks!